Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. We love a Linktree because it's got all the ways you can help support Block Talk. Visit linktree.com slash michaelblocktalk to click on the links. We've got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise from t-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes available in a variety of styles. Another link has all the platforms you can listen to the podcast, plus links to PayPal and buy me a coffee should you feel the desire to tip a host. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. Follow the piss road. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of the 80s. The queens of Spain were tasked to bring a new version of the Wizard of Oz to life in the latest rusical. So who sang out to a victory and who found out there's no place like home? It's time to talk all things Drag Race España 3. And joining me is someone who can sing out like no one. Me. Yes, friends. Uh, first time I am forced to go solo on the podcast. It only took 688 episodes, but here we are after a little bit of a scheduling um, debacle. We had to go solo because I am not going to miss recapping an episode of Drag Race this year. No, no, no. So you got me solo and here we are. Again, pronunciations, I apologize. I'm going to try to get better as we go along. And this time I have no one here to guide me, but that's okay. And as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality television show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that get an opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they've also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on the podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. And with that, we're just going to dive right in. The Macarena is out, and it's causing waves. Bikita doesn't think it's fair that she's gone, but... She also reminds us that life is not, in fact, fair. Bakita reads the mirror message, which of course features some humor at the end, calling the reader a fool. Bakita will give some emotions, so she tells the girls that she may not be cold and not say much, but says that the Macarena was really the only person that she didn't want to kick out, as even with her flaws and driving her nuts, she is a person of great kindness. She says that whenever she was down, the Macarena would be at her door. Um, I didn't expect this much emotion from Bakita about the Macarena specifically. It felt new to us as viewers, but perhaps there was something we had missed before. Anyway, Bakita shares with the table that she has found sisters here, and while she is a complicated person, she was afraid to meet new people. She calls it a nice surprise. Clover is shocked that Bakita is not made of stone. She likes the vulnerable side of her. Now, Pink Shadora is congratulated for her shocking win. She feels fine and knows that she has Lola Flores inside of her. She says when she would that she would share the prize with Hornella. She didn't mean it. And it's on tape, so Pink Shadora wants to remind the girls that she is not two-faced. She will give her the prize, so she's going to keep her promise. Now, while some of us were shocked at the result, even the girls in the room had thoughts. Namely, Petita. She says she usually agrees with the jury, but this was shocking as... She thought Hornella did better and thinks the judges prioritized someone who spoke more. The girls are going to shed their feathers. Paquita kicked out the person she didn't want to. Now imagine who she wants to kick out and what she'll do to them. The bird claws are out. 
Hold on tight, friends. Drag Race España is fiercer than ever. It's a new day, and if you notice, the entrance music is a song from the Macarena. That was different. A nice welcome surprise. The girls will pay tribute to her as the lights flash. So, how are they feeling today? Well, Pink Shadora is nervous. What will they have to do next? She is richer this week, but Hornella reminds her not by that much. I wonder if she paid her yet. Uh, we should find out. Someone go find out for me. Also, notice how they each seem to have branded coffee with them. I don't know what the company was. I don't know if they're a sponsor of the show, the network. I wonder what it was, if someone wants to tell me. Now, also, the girls are going to notice that on the opposite table, there are packages wrapped with bows. Is it Christmas? What could it be? We'll get to it. They will do math because math is hard, but realize there are eight packages and eight girls left. Are they scientists now? Well, Petita is a road and bridge engineer in addition to everything else she does. I don't know if that was a joke or if she actually has experienced doing roads and bridges, but apparently she's good at everything. And you know what? The edit wants us to be reminded of that. So they're going to force the girls to tell us in confessional that she is good. I'm not going to lie, it's a bit heavy-handed, but we will get to it when we get to the result. Now the alarm blares. It's time for Supreme. The video message teases a rusical and Bestia is excited. When Supreme arrives, she's got a jacket and short combo. It's kind of cunt. I don't know if I could pull it off. I would like to, but I'll try. We get a reminder of the prize package, as usual. But this week... We're not mocking anything, because it's time for a recharge. It's time to go look into those boxes. Get those tissues ready, because we're about to get some emotions. We're about to learn that each queen will receive a personal item, something that means something to them from home. I don't know what I would want in my little package. Um, probably something food-related. I really love food, friends. Now, first up is Paquita, who gets her espadrilles and the belt from San Gonzalo, Brotherhood in Seville. She uses them when she goes to, out as Nazarene and performs at her penitentiation. She also gets a shawl from her mom, which is real, unlike Jota's, she jokes. But Jota did confirm her Lola Flores shawl is real, too. She said it on the podcast. Go back and listen. But Paquita says family is important to her as they gave her all the tools and opportunities to be where she is. Next, we have Hornella, who gets a papaya from her cabaret, which she does a number with. She also gets a butt plug, um, and Pink Shadora is grasping her pearls. Uh, I thought Pink Shadora had a little more um, bite to her, but apparently not. Let's talk about her. Pink Shadora's box has a book her husband wrote. He is a poet. It's his fourth book. She tells us that he's the most supportive person, and whenever she's having a bad day, he's there for her and reminds her why she does it all. Bestia will get a drawing she made for her guy and her dog. She shares that every year they're together, she makes a drawing of them and the moment they're in. This year, they got a dog, Dolly, and thus he's in the picture. The girls are going to joke that she's only been with him for two years, but listen, I think that's the sweetest thing, and I wish I had a partner who would do something sweet like that for me. Clover will open her box and finds Nochila, which is similar to Nutella. She is not a healthy follower, and I respect that. She will also get a handwritten note from her mother, which gets her to cry. And of course, the others do too. They tell her they're proud of her, despite not being the daughter they were expecting to have. And she reveals that her mother, her sister, and her niece have seen her perform, but her father has not. He found out her name is Clover two days prior. Petita goes, and even before the reveal, she's in tears. 
It's a teddy she shares with her grandma, and this little piggy is from when she would take refuge at her grandma's house, where she would tell her a story about when pigs give birth, there's always one that needed help to eat, and her grandmother is the first person um, that she loves the most in the world, as she gives her support and freedom. Visa also gets broken before revealing, as her box has Mexican candies from her boyfriend that he likes. She knows he put them in there because he knows she gets lonely and doesn't have anybody but him. She says that being an immigrant means leaving back emotions, hugs, parties, and smiles on the other side of the world. It's time for Vania, who was a stuffed turtle that belonged to her grandmother. When she died, Vania's mother kept the turtle, and now she has it. Vania will tell a story about how she was with her at Plaza del Pilar in Zaragoza and told her wherever she is, they will always love her. Now, do you think loved ones were told to give them things that would make them cry? I kind of think they did. I think this was a bit of a setup. Um, also, I wish Supreme would have been on the spot with this one too, because it would have been cool to see like her backstory, a little bit of what people um, love about her and the people she loves. Anyway, Supreme will tell them to channel all these emotions and use them to give them strength in the maxi challenge, as they will be the stars of the quick Wizard of Oz. I'm not the biggest Wizard of Oz fan, but if I'm going to say I have a favorite character, it probably would be the Cowardly Lion, because that's kind of who I identified with as a child. Now, they're going to have to sing, dance, and interpret a role. How will they get their roles this season? An audition! What a very heavy-handed producer force twist. Not going to lie, didn't like this because we all saw the writing on the wall. Supreme will also use this moment to tell them that he didn't have the budget for Penelope Cruz, but the next best thing is there. It's their guest judge, her sister, Monica Cruz. Um, I am not familiar with her work, but damn, she looks like her sister. Like, carbon copy, they could be twins. Um, stunning. Beautiful. All right. The queens are going to dive into the scripts and see there's some dialogue in there as well as singing and dancing. They all see things they like as well as references to queens of previous seasons, and we are going to get through them all. Clover wants to play someone important because she can't be in the shadows, and I say careful what you wish for. Despite them having no control, Bestia wants to go around the table and find out their talents and their preferences for roles. Clover says she likes to think she's a dancer and jokes that having Pink Shadora next to her makes her doubt that. Shade, but also tape. Visa has dancer legs as she kicks one up high in the sky. She wants a role that moves and dances a lot. Singing? Not so much. Not good with the vocals. And Supreme will get on the loudspeaker to call Ivania Vania to the audition room. It's time to get on that casting couch. I mean audition. We get to the casting room to see Vania is greeted by Carmen Sagura. We remember him. He's been involved in many rusicals before. We have Ferran Gonzalez, the writer of the musical, and Carlos Marco, the music producer. Um, this was not intimidating whatsoever. No, no, no. Four handsome gentlemen just being like, perform for me. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. This was just for silly TV moments. These bitches had precast before they stepped in. Now, Vania will be asked what role she sees herself as and says, the good witch. Why? Because of age. They will ask her to interpret through movement that she's a good person. And she'll do some skipping, talking to the trash as she walks down an alley. She's very breathy, but... That's her in acting mode. It, it's just what she does. And then they will have her suck a piss-soaked banana peel. And I was just lost. I don't know what I missed there. Now we have Clover, who was asked if she can sing. She says she's a dance in stress. 
She can dance, sing, and she's an actress. Dare I say she's actually a mocatrice. Triple threat. She tells us that she wants to be a witch, but let's be honest, we all knew what role she would play. Carlos will ask her to do a scale, and that last note won't come out, but in confessional, she will nail it. Now we have Hornella, who was auditioning for the role of the quick wizard because he's a bit unstable and she felt seen. They will tell her that the wizard has a feature where, between lines, must have an orgasm in different keys. Since she can sing, they'll use that. Um, don't ask me to do a singing orgasm. It's not going to happen, friends. Next up is Patita, who says no one has heard her sing before. But they are about to. Patita's father sings in a chorus, so she thinks she might have a decent voice. She will sing a bit of Amor Lujo by Monica Naranjo, and the Macarena is triggered and she's not even in the room. When she starts, well, it looks like we're getting a bit of a dodo edit, as they're going to mock her movement. She has no idea what's about to happen after that audition. Paquita arrives and is asked if she has prepared one of the songs, and of course not because they received the script five minutes ago. She will sing I Pena Penita Pena by Flora Flores, and she gets into it with those acting beats. Um, I thought she was being tortured. Pink Shador will be asked to sing Abamain's song as Lola Flores that goes through different stages of anger. They're playing with her, and I'm kind of here for it. We're here for it. They're all here for it. Grab the popcorn, because they made her look insane, but hey, she was playing along even though she had no idea what was happening. Visa is asked to do some acting by pretending to impress someone walking by. She's not that flirty, but when asked to channel flirtation when her arch enemy arrives to take her man, the telenovela arrives. The panel is laughing, so they must have loved the Mexican dramatic villainy that Visa brought. Bestia is told that the number one rule of casting is sucking up, and if that was the case, I'd have a lot of cute boys in my life, so that's definitely not true. Bestia will play into this as she's asked to do this while dancing. There's going to be some flapping, and I was like, are we watching an episode of Arrested Development? Is this the chicken? Now, the casting team has seen all eight, and they think the show won't be in danger. They were surprised by some, and some of the least accredited singers outshining the experienced ones. Now, Supreme puts up the casting sheet. Here's what we got. Doro is Clover. Thea is Pink Shadorum. Bruja Buena is Vania, Bruja Mala is Bestia, Drag Sin Cerebro is Petita, Drag Sin Corazon is Visa, Drag Sin Valor is Paquita, and Mago Precoz is Hornella. Um, no, no casting surprises. This is exactly where I thought people were going to be uh, put. Um, I really do wonder if there was a little bit more of an impact of what people asked to do, um, but I think this was basically a setup for what the show wanted to happen and they're going to put people in the roles that were going to make them either highlighted or do pretty damn bad but we'll get to those judges now the queens skip in as they're off to see the judges the wonderful judges of spain it's the day of the show y'all now we're not going to see any rehearsing or dancing or singing they decided to keep it in a full surprise i don't know if i love this format um but in a way i'm kind of glad that we're not forced to see snippets that may or may not color our opinion of the outcome so let, let's try this again let me see another franchise do it and see how i feel bestia will lead the conversation about feelings for the challenge as she is feeling she can do well this week she's not worried we will see the dynamic duo of doro and thea aka dorothy and toto aka clover and pink Shadorum, and they're in good spirits for the day 
Clover will be channeling a party girl in the 80s for her character. She's happy to be working with Pink Shadora, as she thinks they complement each other well. Bakita, Visa, and Petita are the three divas, aka Courage, Heart, and Brain. It's obviously a play on the Lion, the Tin Man, and the Scarecrow. Petita will say that she got the brainless role because it fits better than any of the rest she believes. She's happy. Hornella is the wizard. They say she's the protagonist, but Hornella thinks it's a small character, just very important. The character dances and speaks. It's the role she wanted. And Vanya is happy being the good witch since she's... Good. Bestia is super happy to be the bad witch and make her super bitchy. She gets to sing, dance, make silly noises. She will be a disgusting bitch who is a rocker, punk, from the scene, puked on... Wait, 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 wait. Puked on... Okay, well, regardless, she's going to be the best and the star of the show. The girls get to make up to prepare and peep that Arancha X Jugacio collab on the table. I really want a uh, palette. Maybe I'll ask them to send me one. Anyway. Paquita will discuss the box sharing from the previous day with Petita. She says it was emotional and moved her in a good way. Petita says that life hasn't been fun in her house. She says school was off. Her family didn't fully understand her or support her in anything she liked. She says that childhood wasn't too cheerful or nice. She was born into a regular family. She had everything, but she notes that it was quite a Catholic family with conservative ways. This made things quite lonely and dark, and she says she wasn't lucky to have any friends. And it wasn't until she was in school at age 16 or 17 doing her artistic specialty that she started connecting with people. She will also note that she still, to this day, has not found a chosen family. She says she's always had a strong personality and was kind of different and knows that sometimes that's what makes people feel a bit awkward. This is why she's been caused to be alone as people haven't been able to fit her anywhere. I found this interesting because we're always taught that you have to find your place. Others can't do it for you. I mean, if I had a way for people to fit me into their plans, <laughs> I'd be waiting forever. Paquita says that loneliness is very important as Petita says you have to learn to deal with it. They both love being alone, and I'm like, can we spot places? Because I sure do not. Unchosen loneliness is the worst, and it drives people to dark places. And I know. I've been there, and it sucks. Petita says she bets if she had more friends in different household growing up, maybe she wouldn't have the sensitivity she has. She might be a person with a quieter life, but she wouldn't be where she is. She has seen some terrible things and would rather see the good side of everything and stay positive. We've got a full musical to watch, so let's head to the runway where Supreme said, I will wear a caftan of many colors and I'm not tucking. Joining on their panel this week, we have the Javis, Anna Locking doing military drag, and Monica Cruz, who looks like she walked into the wrong room. She is wearing black and it is so striking compared to the four clown lovers to the left of her. We're going to go over the Roots Goal and get over the rainbow and see how we felt about it. We're going to begin with a rock and roll vibe with the entire cast doing a group number as we are introduced to the world. It takes place in Spain in 1980 and we will be on an adventure story with love and violence. It will be about, as it says, two twins who got mixed up in a club scene that got pulled in like a hurricane and lost their way home. Okay, so it's an interesting rendition of the story we know, but I'll follow along this yellow brick road. If it is, in fact, the yellow brick road. As alluded to earlier, we have nods to previous contestants, and first off, Doro and Thea say they are more lost than Dovima Normie in her elimination lip sync. Ah, uh, I guffawed. That was funny. It's tea. 
So far, we have Clover, who was clearly typecast to play herself, and Pink Shadora not playing a dog, but a sidekick, but regardless, she's crafted a character, and that's what they like about her. She has comedic timing. I will say there is a lot of dialogue, and this is a thing that the US franchise does not do, but hey, they put on a full show here in Spain. They're giving you something that they could put on, I don't know, whatever their version of the West End and Broadway is. We meet Vanya, who is a good witch. How can you be good and a witch at the same time? Well, the joke is, be like Sagittaria. Shady. I think Vanya's look being red was an interesting choice. I'm assuming the producers picked it for her. Um, I think pink would have worked because red can be perceived as an evil color. But alas, here we are. She will say she is a star, which makes them make an Estrella Extravaganza reference. But alas, what we will learn in this moment is that the alleyway of piss will leave you to the quick wizard. I mean, if this is supposed to take place in a bar, uh, yeah, piss makes sense, I suppose. The quick wizard has magic powers. They're intense, but very brief. I'm assuming that was a penis joke. It's time for Vanya's song, and she does well. She really channeled herself in the performance, and it was easy. But sometimes easy is good for a challenge like this. You want to be able to showcase your skills. Her song makes reference to, Without her, your future will be blacker than Carmen Ferrala, and I fell over. It's not her fault. She loves bronzer. And then follow the piss road sent me. Um, yeah, naughty, naughty. Now, because this is an ode to the Wizard of Oz, we need a pair of shoes, and we will see Doro and Thea share them because, I don't know, this is where the writing lost me. Just make the bitch dog. I don't know why she wasn't playing a dog. The song that will be our nod to We're Off to See the Wizard had the right vibe for sure. Definitely got me into the mood. We now meet our three divas who will say that Doro and Thea's makeup looks like Poopy Poison did it. We're really diving into these references hard. Also, please note that they are completely going over Monica's head as she has no reaction to any of the references while the others are cackling on the side. Being a trio in a rusical is always a difficult um, process because you have to be a cohesive unit while still standing out and making a mark. I think this trio was set up for failure, but they held their own in the lines they did get. Obviously, playing dumb will allow you the laugh lines, and Petita did exactly what needed to happen to be the standout of the bunch. Paquita, not having courage was hard because she had to be timid, but she didn't quite play into it right. And Visa, having no heart, made her want to be a bitch, but this is a character you want to root for. She didn't deliver that part. I think the song the trio had was really cute. They were in unison. They were very strong as a unit. Petita couldn't dance, but being brainless played well for that. Now, the song ends with an ole, which Petita's character says she likes it um, Jota Caranota style. Silly goose. No, it's Carajota. Jota Carajota. Look at me referencing Jota Carajota, who you can hear on the Block Talk Drag Race Drag Con LA 2023 episodes of interviews. Coming soon. I promise. I'll be there. You'll get them. The Divas will join them on the trip to see the Quick Wizard, and we have the song that... Even the hobbies are singing along too. They they got it. It's an earworm. It's time for our next character, and it's Bestia, as the bad witch coming straight out of the dumpster. She is prettier than Jorigi, more of an expert than Poison, more festive than Volcano, and classier than Sharam. And then we get a reference to being heelless like Ariel Rec. We are slamming these girls into this rusical. Both seasons, everyone gets it. Bestia does a great job. I think her makeup was so fun, and her performance was very spot on. 
But it's hard to play the villain in a rusical and be the winner, I suppose. Now the good witch is back and Petita's character says she reminds her of Hugacio Crujente and I'm like, okay, not a chance. The bad witch wants her boots back because she does a reveal as they match her naughty outfit. Now, out of nowhere, the diva without courage will tell the bad witch that she can't have the boots back, which allegedly turns on the diva with no heart and they just start making out and I was lost. Um, Somehow now, glitter makes the witch melt and by melt, of course, she does a death drop because this is what? Drag. This day has been heavier than a day of Jorigi and Marina, flashbacks to that drama very funny we are really giving us those references and i guess that kind of proves just how iconic drag race espana is after a dramatic walk with horror music the bad witch wakes up and asks to join them since her role is over and suddenly we see the orgasms of oz aka the quick wizard hornella is horny doing tungalingus as the caption says so as we have this scene, we're going to have series sound effects, and I think I was completely lost in translation for me. I had no idea. I didn't understand why. I know that Petita's character had a iPhone, but I don't know why it was in the 80s. It didn't make sense to me. Now, Doro is asked to ask the wizard for help before she is told that she is faker than Arancha Castilla-La Mancha's laugh by the diva with no heart. Cold sis. Fake? She is fake. And her magic powder is fake too. Did they come all this way for nothing? Cue the violin played by the diva with no brain. We get this whole monologue about how Courage faced off against Arya Rek, aka the Bad Witch, and how the cold diva declared love in an absurd and senseless scene, and how the brainless has brains by having the idea to throw whatever on Ariel Rek, aka the Bad Witch. She tells them they have everything they need to be happy, but they are taking but are they taking them home? It's time for a big happy ending. Bring on the flying monkeys. But isn't that excessive? She says, Killer Queen is excessive. This is a musical. Um, there we go. There's a last reference. We have the wizard lead the cast in a big finish, and it's a high-energy production number about the scene being spectacular. Is the drag scene spectacular? Is that really what the moral of this story is? Um, I'm going to sip my tea because I don't know if I agree. I think overall the entire cast did well. There was no weak link. Regardless, for the judges, it was going to be a very hard decision for sure. Is it a top-tier musical? Um, I think the level of execution was there. It was a harder musical than some. I'm going to put it in the middle of the pack. All right, friends. It's time for the runway. Category is three looks in one. In honor of the runway, we are going to play three knees or three falling. Get it? You know, like bees knees or free falling? First up, Paquita, look by Lucas Adulia. She is giving us a flamenco fantasy in yellow. The first look I thought was cute. The second look was spot on. When we got to the third part, it was a bit grasping at straws. I hated how the yellow panty is showing through the lace. I do love the train effect that the third reveal gave us. As I thought it was pretty, pretty smart and original for this style of reveal. She did the assignment and did it well. Ambrosi says having her there disarms him. He says it was a fabulous run with very classy reveals, especially the first one with the drop of the skirt and how it was placed. He says he lost her in the challenge. He says when you have to play a character in such a short time, you need to pull out all the stops to use what you get, the few elements, and making it the best. He says there was no character. Anna says in the runway she looked like no one else, saying it was one of the most seamless reveals of the night. She says all the presence that she had on the runway disappeared in the challenge. I'm going to give this look a three's knees. 
And the audience agrees. 92% three knees, 8% three falling. Vania, notable designers listed. Listen, we have a four-season reveal. We've seen it before. In fact, Jada Essence Hall did it and did it near flawlessly on All-Stars 7. The problem here is this looked cheap from start to finish. I think the winter coat was the best of all, but there was something off with the material. When we get to the leaves for fall and the florals for spring, the only thing groundbreaking was how it was stuff glued onto a dress. I think the pride look for summer was smart and cute and vintage, but it did not save the overall execution. The way that the reveals came, it was clunky and you could see it all in the back. It wasn't good. Vanya is not a fashion queen, and that will be the reason that she is not going to see a crown, because this jury truly cares about fashion this season. They're really heavily favoring it. Cavo says that he loves seeing her, and that she can work the stage. Would he like her look to be more polished? Yes. He says he also enjoyed when she took off the look, and she was dressed like a swimmer. Also, please note, they let her walk out there a second time, just looking like the swimmer, because the stuff was not there. Anna says it wasn't the best reveals or performed the best either. She says she elaborated it well, solved it well, saying she is smart and agile. Monica says she is very generous and it showed in the musical. She says she kind of led the rest and she may not even be aware of that. Vanya will say that deep down she doesn't see them as her contestants but as her partners. I'm going to give this a three falling. Was not good for me. Audience 33% threes and 67% three falling. Cornella Congora, look by Manuela Palgil and Daniela Castora. This one baffles me. I hear that she's doing some sort of My Fair Lady send-off, but I think that is a stretch. We have seen that garbage bag idea. I believe it was Aquaria for that lip-sync smackdown. It's not a look, and therefore calling it part of a three-for-one look is unfair. It was a reveal. When she gets to the homeless woman, it's crazy in the sense that there is no cohesion. It's a mess done on purpose, but it just doesn't read as such. The final reveal into the Rag Princess is just not cute. Like, again, it looked cheap. I, I, I felt like she was on a budget and said, make me something that looks good with the random fabrics I have left over. This was a major mess for me. Ambrosi says that she has two modes, the mental mode, where he sees Hornella waiting for her phrase, worried using her memory, where there is some rigidity. And mode two is Hornella, who suddenly flies, taking the stage, stealing the spotlight when she has to sing, dance, and control her body to take all the attention. He wants to forget the mental mode forever and for her to enjoy it. Monica says that if you can see the text getting you out of your natural presence, you have, make an effort so it won't invalidate your presence. Anna says she likes the story she's telling in the look, with it being the story of Pygmalion, that despite being homeless, she can dream of being a princess. Don't think that's the story, but okay. She loved how she told it, though. I'm going to give this look a three falling. And the audience, 19% three knees, 81% three falling. Pink Shadora, look my, by my originals, hair by Quindam Wigs. I think I was a bit confused by the story and the simplicity of the individual looks. This is a hard runway because you want to reinvent the you don't want to reinvent the wheel, but you do want to reinvent the wheel, and then when you do, you flop. So I think Pink Shadora did standard reveals, but the three looks just didn't have any cohesion. I know she says this is a Belen Esteban reference with the PJs to businesswoman to princess of the people. I think the middle look of the lemon dress with the blue underneath was a massive killer for me. It was present because she needed to cover up the fall of the first reveal, and it hurt the image of the second look. I do think the final look was the best, so in the world of reveal, it does have to get better and better to succeed, but still, this was not drag race worthy. I will give it a three falling. 
And the audience agrees. 43% threes knees, 57% three falling. Patita, look by Lou Diltel. So the fashion girl gave you three fashion moments. Shocking. I think for those who love fashion designers and references, this might have gagged you. We have a blue velvet cape by Balenciaga, a green cocktail dress by Manuel Paratagaz, and a pink dress by Paco Rabanne. She does deserve credit for the execution of the reveals. I was just a bit bored by the individual items because they just lacked pizzazz. Also, um, go back. Look, she looked pregnant by the last look because the fabric was bunching. I'll give her a pass because at least she had a concept. Calvo says she stole the show on many occasions. He says it's amazing how she tells her jokes and how she shows an overwhelmingly par- personable character. He says that they really feel like being surprised by her every time she does a challenge. Ana says she paid homage to Spanish fashion and that moves her. She says she went from Balenciaga that broke the mold in the time where everything was super straight and suddenly give a dress as Berta Gaz and then Pacoraban. She says she is clever, bold, and takes risks. She's elegant and sophisticated. I'll give it a threes knees. In the audience, 83% threes knees, 17% three falling. Bestia. No designers listed. Listen. She's always going to give you something a bit out there, and this was just that. We start with a rock that metamorphoses from pain when you restrict it, and then you can call what I'm going to call this next look a skydiving suit that she messes up her face with lipstick to reveal into an explosion of what looks like dead crows in her body. So maybe she killed crows while she was skydiving? I don't know! I just didn't understand it. At the end of the day, her train of material ruined the final illusion, and thus I think this was a mess. Uh, shocker here for Bestia. I'm going three falling. Audience, though, they will give her a little more credit. 64% three sneeze, 36% three falling. Visa, look by Juana Guadalupe de Jesus. Friends, if you go on Drag Race, I urge you to stay away from one thing. Butterflies. Butterflies, once again, are the kiss of death for a contestant. Visa starts with a big pink puff with butterflies stuck on, then she gets to a green cocoon, and then we have a simple butterfly dress. While I think each look can stand alone as mediocre, they are better than most of her sisters. Now, I don't know what the specific rules were for this category, but I don't know why so much weight was put on the dropping of the second look to reveal the final form. For me, it was part of the storytelling, but I guess things had to stay on the body, which is why some of her sisters' trains were so abysmal. Calvo says that she is winning him over day by day, but during the challenge, he couldn't understand what her character was. He says there are certain confidence issues that prevent her from being solid on her interpretation. He says she could have been saying her text like anybody else, but he didn't understand this person missing a heart. Ambrosi says it's true that she's winning them over, but in this case, they have a musical where she has to bet on the character, but she didn't should have bet on a little more. Anna says on the first look and the third look, she got the link. She says it was an homage to Moschino, uh, which I think Visa's like, okay, sure, lady, but says the middle dress was lost on her. She says one thing worries her and pisses her off telling Visa when she saw it, she went, damn, no, as you weren't supposed to throw anything on the runway for the reveals. Supreme will clarify that there could be some item like a wig or a belt, a small th- thing, but in this case, there were two whole dresses on one side of the stage, and that wasn't allowed. Um, I don't know what the rules really were, but I will give it a threes knees. Audience agrees. 75% threes knees, 25% three falling. 
Clover. Look by Andrea Monster Clubwear. Hair by Wigs by Angelina. Sugar and Spice have a new kid sister. I think this first look was really cute. When we revealed it the second one, it was a very simple reveal. We've seen the cape thing before. It was not the best executed look, but it continued the story. I will say that the last look was stunning. I loved her in this leopard print number with the matching hair. This level of risk was low, but she executed it well in my eyes. Kavo says she made him live one of the best moments in her lip sync of Mama. He says that that's the clover he wants to see. He says though she did very well, that's not the clover he saw back then. He says she did very well with the looks as they were seamless, but as far as the challenge, she says they, she should have bet on it more. Monica says she danced since she was seven, so she thinks it would have been much smarter, for instance, in this challenge to pull out all the stops on the dancing because, as she apologized to the rest, if you've been dancing that long, she should have eaten them alive. She says you can never level with the rest because you're digging your own grave and says maybe she does it out of team spirit, and that's not bad either. Reminder, she didn't pick this role. The show did. Ambrosi will ask her what she finds weird about what they're telling her, and... Clover says it's not weird. She appreciates the feedback as she is there to learn, but she has really enjoyed all the dancing challenges she's done and thinks she's made a great effort and doesn't know what's missing. He tells her that he thinks she was doing what she was told and it was fine, but she has to push herself because she can do it. He said she should have killed it and taken center stage so they can fall in love with her. They have seen that she is capable of being the best. Harsh critiques. Um, it's a threes knees for me. Audience, 71% threes knees, 29% three falling. Supreme has decided that Bestia and Pink Shador are safe, leaving Paquita, Petita, Vania, Visa, Clover, and Hornella as the tops and bottoms. Um, I feel like that's fine. Um, but we'll get to the final results where I do not agree with them. Let's get to Unchuck Jr. Pink Shador and Bestia have alone time together, where Pink Shador tells her that she saw her as the winner. Bestia jokes that she's glad that she that someone saw her. Um, I mean, listen, if she had a better look, she probably would have won. She is not thrilled being safe. She is happy to be there, but expected this week to be her thing. It was the look girl. Bestia seems to be most upset that she didn't get to hear the compliment her on her thing. Everyone else got their flowers in previous weeks. She says that by not getting critiqued and that she is doing her own thing, that means they're not considering it. Pink Shadora will predict that Juanetta getting the win because she did great on the musical and her look was pretty. Okay, maybe we have a different eyesight. I don't know. Bestia signs off on that, but says she's clueless who's in the bottom. They don't want it to be Clover because she made a tremendous effort. Um, dare I say, this was a setup. After noting that Clover was out of her comfort zone, Pink Shadora will say that she was generous the whole time. Which is great, but that's not how the judging works, is it? The tops and bottoms have entered the chat. Pakisa reminds us that she has yet to have a safe, untucked experience. She wants to be left alone. Pink Shadora will tell the group that they were just singing Clover's praises, to which she's like, yeah, well, they just told me the opposite. Clover says that while they liked her look and she's happy about it, it's the most representative of her, but they felt she's not giving it her all. It's the role, friends. Clover thinks that Kelly Roller bequeathed her the power bottom title. Visa will share that she knew the role she was going into was her weak side. She knows she can't sing, but she can dance really well. So she will carry out the riggery as to why she was put in a role which she cannot stand out when it's something she can do. Visa is spitting fire. She is pissed. 
Bestia will tell her, yes, it's not the role she wanted to have picked, but assures her that every moment she had, she saw her give it her all. Let's blow some smoke, friends. Visa agrees and gets her excitable as she questions, do they want her to fly with every step? Not possible. Visa says that people like, oh, I don't know, Petita and Pink Shadora get a challenge they're not the best at and get applauded and says singing and acting was her thing and while she's making an effort, they don't congratulate her. She's onto something. Conspiracy theory unlocked. She will call out the roles being simpler and betting more, better suited for ones than others. She's not going to shut her mouth and starts to rant and rave now on Snatch Game. She will call out Petita for her performance, and she thinks she should have been in the bottom. She will continue to say that many of them felt it, and she will be the one to say it. The claws are out. Visa is the villain of a Mexican telenovela. Give her props. She's going out with a bang. Visa will tell Petita that she admires her fashion view but feels they should have made her take a risk with the others did. Can't wait to see her face when they tell her that Petita won the week. Petita thinks that Visa is doing, going low and ugly attacks to your friends who are doing very well when yourself is not doing so well. Do you go out in a blaze of glory? Chalk it up to the game? Stress? I don't know. We, we haven't seen the queen really try to tear everything down like this in a very long time. But Tita says she did well and tells Visa that she is just made mad at the situation and she shouldn't be mad at her. So since Pandora's box has been opened, Pink Shadora will chime in and agree with Visa, telling Petita that she didn't leave room for improvisation on Snatch Game and she got mad when someone interrupted her. Petita will defend herself and say that she was looking for her moment. She did the job she did and the judges decided she was fine. Visa will tell us in confessional that she thinks Petita loves talking about everyone, but when you call her out, the bitch loses it. She reminds us that she didn't mention her luck, just her snatch game. Visa will tell her that it's not an attack on her because it's not her fault. They did what they did. She just has to speak the truth. She just didn't like how it worked out, and they're demanding some of them to get out of their comfort zone. And you can tell that Petita is uh, very uncomfortable from the attacks, as she knows that she's the front runner, but will another win just make the rest of her mates have that much more animosity for her continue watching we'll find out the queens have returned to learn their results the winner of the week is petita in addition to those euros she wins a set of jewels from astrolabs vania hornella and paquita are safe leaving clover and visa the bottom two um, i don't agree i really really think clover did well does not deserve to be in the bottom i think bestia could have been um, a contender here. I mean, Hornella did well. I mean, no, her look was bad, but I don't think Petita was as strong as they made her out to be. Yes, her timing was great. She was very funny. But it's all a setup. It's all a setup. This is Petita's third win in six episodes. The two other queens to have won three challenges in the season are Carmen Farrell and Sharon. And what do they have in common? They won the damn season. Methinks that result is in the cards, but we'll get to it. The song is Dime Bebeth. There was a fire in the slip sync because both queens in our bottom served. They served a show. And I think if there was not a win back challenge the following week, this would have been a double Shantae. Um, but alas. They brought a lot of passion and fight in their performance. It was very close, but I think the part of 
part of why Visa lost here had to do with the things she said in Untucked. I don't think production was fond of being called out for favoritism. It is the end of the road for Visa. Clover stays. Um, of this result in this lip sync, I guess I agree. Dude, I want to see Visa go? No. We're going to end with some burning questions. First off, what is Visa's legacy? I think Visa was very, very underrated this season. She was uh, not getting the flowers she deserved, but she represented Mexico well. Um, I don't know if she'll be a guest judge this season on Drag Race Mexico, but I anticipate her seeing a guest judge spot in the future. Now, who won the week? I'm also going to say Visa. I think Visa gave us a show. She gave us one of the most exciting untucks in a very long time on Drag Race España. And yeah, she is mad and she's saying the things that need to be said. Now, next week, we're going to get the mirror moment. The girls are back. Some will be returning. And yeah, that's all on that. We'll see what happens, how they get to come back. And here's my prediction. After six episodes, the winner of the season is... Petita. I mean, it's her third win in six episodes. She's got the track record. They love her. She's bringing fashion like no other queen is. And I think it's going to be hers to lose. She needs to fuck up that badly. Otherwise, I expect to see a crown on her head. And that's it, friends. That's all we got on our Drag Race España 3 recap of episode 6. Thanks for being here.